and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we are taking a look at Degrassi Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 5, Weddings, Parties, Anything. Is this a song? <laughs> okay, confession, I have no idea, but, and I don't know if other people can speak to this. I feel like this episode was on the end every fucking weekend. Yeah, because it had fucking Craig singing. But, like... I swear to God, like, I would turn on the end, like, I would go down to my family's basement, be like, yeah, I can watch Degrassi for, like, the whole weekend. I turn on, it's this episode. It's, weddings, parties, anything is a band. Oh, interesting. But, like. I'm just choosing whatever the fuck I want for the end song. Right. But, like, <laughs> I I was very much, um, for whatever reason, like, and I wonder if this is because, I wonder if, I can't really remember, because honestly, my, my brain is garbage, but I'm going to guess that I was watching Degrassi as the season was coming out in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of these episodes I feel like I saw a bunch. And that has to be the explanation for why. Because, like, why would I see this episode so much if it wasn't because I was watching it as it was coming out and they were just kept repeating it because it was the newest episode? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm going to assume that I was watching it as it came out based on that. Sorry, everybody. I got trauma brain. I don't remember anything. So uh, this is how I cobbled together my life. I think I was watching this as it was coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out. Fucking bunch. Um, quick content warning for ableism in case. I mean, honestly, this episode's kind of a breeze, too. Yeah, it's it's a pretty breezy episode. Um, we just did back-to-back. We recorded last week's episode. Now we're doing this week's episode. So uh, we're feeling we're actually in a pretty good place. And I've come to the conclusion the reason why is because the it, within the two episodes we've seen peter once and he got pinned to a wall yes and i think that is why we're in a good mood so before we get too far into that frank would you like to introduce our a plot and our b plot joey and craig both have lady problems yep so because of that honestly it's really hard to to determine where the a plot and the b plot begin and end so we're just going to go through the whole episode yep um so the episode opens up in craig's basement they're back to the weird ass funk shit that uh um they're attempting to do in downtown Sasquatch. Okay, now, them being funky, I'm more for it than them doing reggae. It's still... It's still bad. It's still not great. I mean, like, there's funk bands that have had white guys in them. No, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not doubting that part. It's just, like, it's very just, like... If... It's just trying so hard like, and uh, not really succeeding. Craig... Play some pop punk emo. That is what. That's what you're meant to do. Yes. I look at you, and that is what I think you should be doing. Craig is meant to like write an album to rival Dashboard Confessional. I was gonna say Dashboard Confessional too. Like I'm glad we're on the same thing, same page. Like he is meant to be like in the shadow of Dashboard Confessional. You know, writing songs where it just demonizes women and kind of is not great. Oh yeah, you're right though. You're so right. Like, you're so right. That's, that's why I can never get into Dashboard, because he's just, like, blaming women for everything. I'm like, dude, maybe do some self-reflection. Be like Tim Casher. Here's who's my... just like, hey, I'm an asshole, and here's 500 songs about me being an asshole. Here's my thing about Dashboard. I, and maybe this is because I'm a little younger, but my only real attachment to Dashboard is that Vindicated song that was in Spider-Man. <laughs> To a point that Same. I, I to a point that I heard it on the radio a, a couple weeks ago, and I was just like so. That's what we're going on. Oh, that's so good. Because well, that'll give me a reason to have that song on my iTunes. Oh. Because I'm vindicated. I am selfish. I am wrong. I am right. I swear I'm right. Say you knew it all along. 
Look, I'm doing this at karaoke. I hope you're ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, for my birthday, we're going to six hours of karaoke. Yep, and I'm gonna get trashed and dedicate every song to my fire emblem ships and vindicated because I'm just gonna sing it. I don't know who's who's in vindicated. I haven't thought about the lyrics yet. Anyway, um, Frank's not far enough in the game to. to Okay, so, so I started Fire Emblem Three Houses. I got to, like, the first time where they're like, go talk to your students and whatnot. I got overwhelmed. Stop playing. I'll, I'll, it's, I'll, one, it's one of those kind of months. I'll, I'll help you through it. I'll hold your hand. But you're, you're doing Crimson. You're doing uh, Black Eagles first, so. Yeah. Um, so I'll be a little calmer. I'll be like, oh, well, there's that one. That one's fun. I saw Claude. I'm like, he looks like a dunce. You are very <laughs> cruel to Claude. Claude is actually the smartest. <laughs> Fair enough. Of the three lords. Let's keep going. Okay. We're, we're going to a chocolate factory. After yeah, this. you're right. I, it's for me to, to give it to my Valentine. Anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, two listeners were like, oh. Um, anyway, so Dashboard Confessional, we acknowledge. Craig would be excellent as a protege of Dashboard Confessional, blah, blah, blah. They're doing funk now. I think also, like, the genre shifts. It's like, what are you trying to do with all these damn genre shifts? What are you, what are you trying to say? Um, and as they are doing that... Um, once again, funk is fine. It's just when it, it's inauthentic when Craig does it because all I can think about is how he should be in an emo band. Um, Jimmy and Marco are kind of dicking around and Jimmy's like doing like little guitar solos and stuff and they're having so much fun. I really like Marco and Jimmy's friendship. I, I think it's a really fun friendship and it's, you know, it's what the two of them, I feel like it's, it's like, it's very beneficial to the two of them. Whereas, like, we were talking about last episode about how Jimmy and Spinner's relationship is fucking terrible. I think this one, they bring out different aspects of each other, and I think it's really nice. Yeah. So they're, like, goofing off and having fun, and Craig gets really mad because they're supposed to be trying to become a wedding band. Yeah. And he's just like, how could you do this? We have to be focused. Well, because, like, Jimmy starts soloing while Craig is singing. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) And Marco's just, like, living it up. Um, Marco's like, I'm playing the bass, so I got the least responsibility. Like, fuck this, I just gotta... Unless it's Green Day, I'm just gonna hit the same note a bunch. Right? Like, it's fine. Um, Have I said that on the show that Billy Joe Armstrong once said, like, he's, he's like, I know I'm the least talented one in this band. Like... Yes, and I respect the hell out of him for that. Yeah, he's like, I'm just a really guitarist. Like, they're bringing all the heat. Like, I respect the hell out of Billy Joe, honestly. Like, forever and always. Like, I love him. Forever. But, um, anyway. Um, I'm really revealing my age, I feel like, in this episode. My first... Let me reveal my age. My first band was was Green Day, co-headlining with Blink-182. That's great. I mean, oh, it was. It was good. a very good show. It was a Peen's Beck Arts. I think it was the first time I smoked As weed. As it should be. As it, that's exact, all of that is, is so right. Like, hearing all of that, I'm like, yes. That fits like a glove. It's like how my first concert was Taste of Chaos. It's like, yes. <laughs> this is, this is what was meant to happen. Um, every time I go to PNC, I'm just like, this is the last time I'm going to PNC. And me then, too. And then it just keeps sucking me back in. Me too. You want to know where I'm going? I'm going to see Green Day and Fall Out Boy, like, next summer. I'm going, I'm going to the 25th anniversary, or 20th or 25th anniversary of of uh, Jagged Little Pill. Ooh, that that's such a Frank brand. Lannis Morissette is headlining. Do you know who her openers are? No, I don't know who her openers Liz are. Liz Fair. Oh my god. And Garbage. Stop. That's a really good lineup. I was like, there's no openers on this. It's just three headliners. Right. No, you win. You win. You go, you win. They're, they're, like, this is a birthday present for my sister. Um, mm-hmm. And like the tickets were like... 
we Susie and I go to shows where like tickets are twenty bucks, but then like there's train fare into New York and whatnot, so that's more money. But mm. we're just like these were like seventy or eighty bucks each. And I'm just like I kept like being like that's so much money. I don't want to spend that much money. But then my brain kept being like, but it's these people. I'm like, fuck, you're right. It is these people. Okay, that actually not to go on my soapbox, but I got so mad with the My Chemical Romance ticket situation because it was $200 just for My Chemical Romance. And in my head I went, if there were other bands on this bill, I would spend $200 on this. And that is a that is a bill that I would be like, okay, that's worth it. Yeah. Like, if you have three artists, massively successful, really good, solid artists, and you're like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll drop that much money on it. If it's just My Chem, I'm like, it's not that I don't like my chem. I love my chem. But that's a lot of money for one band. It's like, yeah, it's like when Bikini Kill came out and all the tickets got scooped up by fucking, like, bots and whatnot and they were getting sold for $300. I'm like, this might be my only chance to see Bikini Kill. And I love them. Don't love them that much. Well, that's the thing. The my chem tickets, that was without resale. Yeah. Now they're astronomical. And it's just like, Mm, not not enough. Not enough. I'm sorry, guys. I hope you keep touring because I would love to see you at some point, but I'm not dropping 200 bucks. Yeah. That's a lot for one band. Yeah. No. So. Just just saying. Anyway, on my soapbox. Um, we have a lot of music opinions because we're talking about music. Anyway, so everyone's kind of fighting except for Ellie in the back on the drums, and she just kind of slams one of the hi-hats, breaks up the fight, um, and... Marco and Jimmy just kind of fuck off, and Craig then offers a, a lesson in how to do funk drumming, and in this moment, I turned to Frank, and I went, I think I realized why I have such a complicated relationship with Craig, because he has done bad things, I process that he does bad things, but his actor is so fucking charming. Yeah. His actor is incredibly charming. And in this moment where he's doing the drum stuff with Ellie, I should want to punch him in the face. Yeah. And I don't want to. He has David Tennant syndrome. Sure. Where it's just like, everybody's just like, oh my God, it's David Tennant. And he's being charming as the purple man. But then it's like, he's still a scumbag. <laughs> but it's David Tennant. Right. Like, he's just so incredibly endearing. And, and I think that sometimes Craig is, and I think season two Craig is incredibly endearing. But the actor is still so charming that I, I, I'm I never able to fully just be like, oh, fuck Craig. Like, I feel like I always stop a little bit. And some of it is because, like, you know, he's an abuse survivor and he's bipolar and I'm always going to be, like, you know, rooting for a character like that. But also, I think the actor's just very sweet. Yeah. Um, so we end up in Joey's car lot. Um, yeah, theme song and, like, I... I was gonna say it'd be funny if Craig started like whiplashing like Ellie, but like no, that's not. It's way we. It's way worse when it's not J.K. Simmons slapping Miles Teller. Ugh, I still have not been able to watch that movie because of that stuff. Yeah, it's horrible. I just don't like Miles Teller, so I enjoyed him getting yelled at. Um, There's just something about Miles Teller I just do not like. Anyway, so um, at Jeremiah Motors, Joey's trying to sell a car to a pretty lady named Diane. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Diane says, my boyfriend told me not to buy an import. And uh, Canadian listeners, please write in if I'm wrong. Does Canada make cars? Right. What what falls as an import? Yeah. Um, and hmm. jo- Joey is, is flirt selling. 
Um, yep. Well, I have a question. I question the wisdom of any man soon enough to let you go. The man's obviously a fool. You know, those types of dramatics. Yeah. You know. Um, and of course, Craig is kind of like setting up stuff in the lot and he's eavesdropping. And at one point, um, Diane reveals like, oh, like, you know, I'm trying to find a wedding band. They just dropped, like mine just dropped out. And he's just like, hello. <laughs> Perhaps. He's like, hello, and she's just like, no. <laughs> gig for Craig? <laughs> a Craig can have a little, little a gig? Yeah. So the two of them, like, um, Joey's is like, well, why don't you, uh, come by here, my, you know, son things here band? My, my son boys <laughs> band. <laughs> Let's drink wine. No, she's the one that, like, she's like, oh, let's go drink, I'll come over, let's drink wine. She is in it to win it. Yeah. And I respect her. Yeah, fucking, like, I'm really into Diane. I'm, I love Diane. <laughs> like, we had, um, who was the girl before, uh, Well, there was Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney, who I feel like got nerfed by the writers for the sake of Caitlyn. Yeah. Caitlyn, who is a mess. Yeah. And Diane is just like, hi, I'm strong and assertive and I want this. <laughs> right. Like, she's giving very clear signs. There's no ambiguity. She's single. She's not attached to her ex at all. She's not fucking cheating on anyone. Yeah. Like, what a breath of fresh air. Perhaps she should leave. Um, and then at school, uh, Craig explains how there's the gig opportunity. <laughs> I forgot my note says Marco dresses like a trans boy. <laughs> <laughs> because Marco is wearing like a like a like a kind of like argyle polo looking thing, and then he has like another polo underneath. And I don't know why. I just looked at him and went, "He's dressing like a trans boy." He, I have no real discernible reason for this. He statement. looks like he like just stole all the scraps from the E Street Band. Like, let's get real. That is definitely a gender expression. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's my valid. My gender, gender expression is Bruce Springsteen. I'm like, yes. Honestly, though. <laughs> You ever, like, look at a picture of Bruce? Like, I hope I age to Bruce. Yeah. I genuinely want to age to Bruce. That's, like, a... This is the most Jersey statement I've ever made. But, like, I really hope I... I, I Like, I don't care if I look corny as shit. Like, if I'm hot and, like, wearing a dangly cross earring and, like, a leather vest, I'm fine. Well, here's... Okay, so here's the thing. Yes. Um, like, how long has Bruce Springsteen been married? A while, right? Yeah. Like, a long fucking time. So, my, my, like, so, okay, so him, Helen Mirren, and Jonathan Richman, they all look fucking, still smoke shows. Yes. And the the, the way I'm, the, here's, like, Helen Mirren once said that the, the way her and her husband stay youthful is, like, throughout their entire lives, they would always set their alarm clock an hour early before they had to get up so they could make love. Ooh. And I think that's kind of the way you do it. Because, like, yeah. Jonathan Richman still looks fucking, like, he's, like, pushing 60, like, late 60s, early 70s. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. And he looks fucking great. I'm just, like, and, like, you listen to his music, I'm like, this is a man who never had tr problems, like, getting laid. Right. And, like, must have a happy marriage and must be getting on the wreck, and that's why he looks so youthful. Fair enough. Because, like, that's what I'm thinking is the secret. Okay. okay. Of just, like, you know, hmm. just being happy. Staying <laughs> like, active. Staying active. Yeah. You know, and that can look like many different things. Yeah. And this is potentially an option. So. Anyway, I hope I age to Bruce Springsteen. I hope I transition to Bruce Springsteen. Anyway. I'm, I'm just looking at, sorry. I was um, like, that's not the weirdest thing I've said on this podcast, so I don't know why you're making that. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, so, like, well, I'm just reading the transcript. 
And, um, oh, what does the transcript have today? So, like, Craig's just like, oh, man, I can't believe we got this. Um, like, he's like, somebody up there must want us to, um, want uh, want us to play a wedding. To <laughs> which Marco, which is just spelled Mark in the transcript, <laughs> Mark says, the god of mediocrity. And Jimmy has a really funny line where he's just like, downtown Sasquatch, go forth and play the chicken dance. <laughs> really fucking funny he does two really funny things in this episode and that's one of the ones that i genuinely like chuckled over and like marco is marco is just constantly uh okay so i'm kind of thinking wondering if marco wants ellie and marco if, <laughs> been Mar- there done that marco wants ellie and joe god damn it <laughs> what <laughs> wants craig and ellie to start dating out of convenience because, like, yeah. my sister wanted me to start dating one of her friends just so she could hang out with both of us and save time. <laughs> I, I kind of am getting that vibe from Marco, too. Because, like, Marco, <laughs> there's a lightness to Marco in this episode. Um, and there's, like, some really funny moments where he's just, like, watching Craig get himself into trouble. And he's just like, I'm glad it's not me. Like, he's just like, he's just like, what fucking ever. And, um... Maybe he should be a little more concerned about Ellie in the process of this, but there there seems to be this lightness to him that we don't usually see with Marco. Usually we see a lot of anxiety, a lot of a lot of freaking out and things like that. And and in this he's like, It's not my business. Y'all gotta figure this out. I'm not gonna be your like giving you sage like wisdom. I'll talk to you, I'll tell you if you're being a dumbass. But like he's not putting a lot of time into putting Craig on the path. He's more he's like uh, listening to Craig. But he's not going to sit down and teach Craig a lesson. Yeah. And I like that because I think that that happens a lot with marginalized characters, right? They tend to become sounding boards and they tend to become advice givers and stuff like that. And it's nice to see a gay character who just is like part of the crew and just kind of is like, mm, I don't know, like you, th- this is your fucking bed. You got a lie in it, buddy. I, oh God, I'm just remembering there's that like... There's that movie where, I think it's called Isn't It Romantic? Mm-hmm. Where the woman gets trapped in a romantic comedy, and, like, she has a gay best friend who just keeps spouting advice, mm-hmm. just constantly to her, and I didn't realize it was a trope till now. It's a, <laughs> I forgot it was. Like, Yeah, it's a big issue with gay male characters. Um, there, There's also, like, racial components to it as well. Um, but, like, the whole, like, gay best friend that gives advice and tips and things like that is, like, very prevalent. And I think some, like, Marco is, like, a Marco, I get enough, I can look past it in the sense that, like, he's very anxious and, like, he, he's not, like, he's not perfect. He's not put together. So, when he gives advice, he's like, like, and I like that about him. Mm -hmm. I can kind of make exceptions. I understand not everyone feels this way, but I personally can make some exception to it. But... I feel like in other media, like what you just pointed out, and there's other examples too, you have like this very like put together or like very adventurous gay male character who then can spout wisdom or like, you know, give a come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Marker's not giving you a come to Jesus moment, Craig. Yeah. He he once told you to scream in the woods and that's kind of the best that you yeah. can do. Um, I do also like that the one joke I really liked in that movie is she keeps trying to like have sex with the male romantic interest, like, male lead, mm-hmm. and she realizes she's in PG-13 because it doesn't show anything. Mm-hmm. It just cuts the next morning. She's like, what? What's going on? <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Um, but to go back to the plot, Marco, and this kind of connects back to it, Marco is curious what happened with Allie. Um, and we talked a little bit off, off mic, like, you know, what could his intentions be? Did he just want to know both perspectives? Is he nosy? Whatever. He's being just a kid. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, oh, like, so what happened? And Craig claims that they were hardcore funkin'. (laughs) And Marco rightfully points out, like... What the fuck, dude? (laughs) (laughs) And then they watched a DVD. Um... And this is where we transition to Craig being like, you know, I've come to conclusion. <laughs> wait, wait, so like Marco says, which one? Craig intentions? How Craig got his groove back? <laughs> like, that's the thing. Marco's just like being a rowdy boy, and it's nice to see him be able to do it. I feel like he he does not always let himself do it. I, th- I think, I think after losing Dylan and going on his little sojourn, like... He, Marco was comfortable. Yeah, and I, I think that's a big factor. I think that, and I think that that's an experience a lot of people can relate to. It's like he's single, he's been able to see the world beyond Degrassi, he has come to the conclusion that he does not have to, like you know, like you said, he's more comfortable. And, and I like that. I like that with him in this. And he's also not doing the student president stuff. He's not constantly weighed down by that. He, he's, he's trying to enjoy himself, and it's nice to see that because he's incredibly funny in this. Um, and then Craig's like, you know what? I've come to the conclusion that girls are 90% of my problems. And Marco's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> He's like, so I'm just going to be a monk, just school and the band, no distractions, no drama. Um, and Marco's like, well, then you put the cutest girl in the school on drums. I love that Marco thinks that Ellie is attractive. I think that's really nice and a really nice little thing that... I think is very, it's something that people don't really think about where it's like, no, 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 like, I'm not technically attracted to this gender, but I can tell you objectively this person is gorgeous. And I like the fact that, like, Marco does, like, I don't know, I like this little, like, streak with Marco where he, he is a bit of, like, an alternative kid, and it isn't quite as obvious as, say, Ellie or Ashley or, like, you know, some of those other kids, but it's there. Yeah. Like, it's a nice little edge to him that feels very authentic to me, especially as a kid who, um, was in a similar situation where it's like, I did have those interests, but I didn't always present myself in a way that I did. And I, I relate to Marco in that sense. Yeah. And I also like how you just described kind of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, no, that dude's pretty good looking. Right. It's a, it's a real I thing. I give him a smooch. <laughs> right. Like, it's a real thing. Like, he can still be like, yeah, Ellie's fucking gorgeous. It doesn't mean that he's going to date Ellie again. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he is going, you know, he's not he's not going down that road again. But he can still be like, yeah, no, like, she she's super hot, Craig. Congratulations, dumbass. Like, I really like it. It's a good little detail. There's a lot of very subtle things going on with Marco's characterization in this episode, and I like a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so then, like, some random girl <laughs> comes walking by, puts her hand on Craig's shoulder, and she's like, hey... and craig walks into a door it was so good it was so satisfying marco thinks it's so fucking funny and here's the thing like here's like i feel like normally the like lothario character which is i feel like what craig is kind of yeah would be more annoying if he was utterly smooth the entire time but craig's a fucking moron yeah he's never consistently been smooth we have seen him go on bad dates we have seen him fuck up tremendously he, he's an incredibly flawed character, but still having a charming actor. I'm endeared. Yeah, he's, uh, like... 
I think like, he's sis- also who I was into in high school. But my, anyway. my sister had a word for this of just thought he, he's a himbo. He's very uh, he's not quite a himbo. Not, not quite. He he's, he's on not his quite. he's in training. He he's yeah he's a himbo in training. Yeah, I, I would add a little in training deck. I think I think okay he has he has like. He has, he has like, traces of it. Um, I would say that he has flashes of himbo qualities. Yes. But he is not inherently a himbo. Um, I think that he would need to be far more athletic to be a himbo. But I appreciate the shades of himboism in yeah. him. Because I think, like, I, I'm always down for a good himbo. Yeah, me too. I think the thing is, is that Craig is an idiot, but sometimes, but he's also, he can be very earnest. Yeah. And I think that is really the thing where Craig does have flashes of earnestness. And I think that in the end is what endears me to a lot of characters who maybe I should not be as endeared to. Yeah. Um, Because there are a lot of characters that I totally understand why people don't like, but I like. And a lot of the times because they, they are that type of energy where they just so there's a sincerity to them that I cannot deny as a consumer of the media. And I end up, not quite defending them, but having a soft spot for them. And I think that's what it is with Craig. Yeah, and what I'm, what I'm liking about this episode also is that, like, you know, this, like, we're cutting pieces of the last one into it. Yes. And also, you know, there's mentions of the other episodes. Um, we see JT trying to talk to Liberty and trying to, like, check up on her. Um and like yeah, I was like saying, okay, Liberty, wait up. Have you been feel? How have you been feeling? Are you still posed by the concept of breakfast? Are you ever going to talk to me again? Okay, whatever. If there's something I can do for you, anything, I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then she says, you can mangle your male parts and attract a chick industrial accent, and then walks away. Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that like, hey, this important thing is still going on. Right, right. I really like when they try to ground you in in those plots. I think that. There is a polish to this season, even though I don't like certain plots. I hate Peter. I think that in ter- on a technical level, there's more polish to this season and how it's written, especially in terms of like little moments like that. Yeah. Um, uh, we're at the cafeteria. Manny walks by Spinner and Darcy, who are sitting together, and says hi to them. Yep. Shit, Lord. Um, Peter. Yes, we have like ten shit lords. From now on, he shall only be referred to as shit lord. <laughs> um, says, hey man, you have a seat, and she just keeps walking, but shit lord being shit lord is just like, nobody walks away from me. Um, Shut up, Peter. Yeah. And he put, like, she keeps walking, and he pushes her against the locker when he won't, when she won't talk He's to a him. monster. But then, Craig <laughs> comes up to her and slams Peter against the lockers. Wah. <laughs> right, right, like, thank you. I mean, thank you for this food, the grassy Riders. Craig is not perfect, but fucked if I did not enjoy this. Right, and that's, once again, it goes into the thing about Craig where there's an earnestness to him. Where he's not perfect, but he, he a lot of the time when he has hurt someone, it's, it's a very, like, interpersonal, I fucked up, now you are hurt. It's not a societal ill in the process. Peter hates women. Because he's a fucking little monster man with a camcorder. When when Peter sent out the email to everyone, that was done with ill intent. Right. When Craig was 
Craig was cheating on Ashley and Manny, it was because Craig's a moron. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's like, he still hurt them, and I do not want to dismiss that hurt, and I do not want to dismiss... And he, uh, he's a moron because he listened to Spinner. I mean, also that. But, like, I do not want to dismiss the hurt that he has caused anybody in the series. Yes. But, once again, it is different when it's an interpersonal conflict, and when it's a a... A societal breakdown, basically, yeah. with Peter. And at this point, Craig is being like is doing even what Spinner hasn't done. He's being accountable, where he's saying, "I have problems with women. Right. <laughs> when I date them, I fuck up. Right. So it's, maybe it's time if I just do some Craig dating. <laughs> right. And like he's going to group, and he is in treatment, and things like that. Things are great with him and Joey. Right. Like he's on good terms with Joey. Like. He is not perfect, and he has not been perfect, but you can't deny the fact that there are attempts being made. He's a, he's a very much a work in progress, Absolutely. and he's getting better all the time. Absolutely, and it's like, that does not mean you have to like Craig as a character. That does yeah. not mean that you have to excuse anything that Craig has done. But you can probably agree with me that he, where he is at right now is far better than Peter, and it still makes sense to me that Craig is going to do this to Peter. Yes. Alright. Um, and, like, but he just, okay, so Craig just says, like, don't talk to her, don't even look at her, or you deal with Craig. Right. And it's like, you know. Me and my crew will kick the shit out of you, and man, Ellie can punch. Yeah, right. Like, honestly, I would not want to fuck with Ellie. Ellie, Ellie is scrappy. Ellie is smart and scrappy. She could definitely like maim you. And I'm calling my, I'm calling my fan fiction canon and saying that Ma- Marco has learned how to fight from Alex. Right, right. And Alex will probably just appear. Let's be real. It's just like, oh, I heard there was a fight. Oh, we're gonna fight Peter. Oh, hell yes, we're gonna fight Peter. He's like, I don't even know you. She's like, I don't care. So, but uh, but yeah. So so. <laughs> Alex shows, Alex, like, he's just like, we fucking doing this? She unzips her hoodie and her tank top just says WLW. Yeah. <laughs> and it's written on her knuckles, too. <laughs> I want her with brass knuckles to say WLW. Oh, my God. That would be so good. <laughs> anyway, um... The, you know, now that Peter has been dealt with, Craig and Manny check in on each other. Craig admits that he saw the video and Manny is just super embarrassed. And Craig says that, you know, is it weird that I wish I was there that nice night to protect you? And Manny calls him her protector. <laughs> and this part is... <sighs> Gross, but I understand it. I understand too. And I, I, do... I it's a hard thing. I mean, it's hard in general, right? Like, like if you have somebody you care about, regardless of romantic, platonic, whatever, somebody you care about says to you, like, you know, you know that person's gone through a shitty thing and you are not, like, trained in it, it it's hard to be, like, you know, to speak on it, right? Like, you kind of want to be like, I want to, I want to, I feel like that's a very natural response, right? Like, I wish I could have jumped into that moment and prevented this from happening to you. It reminds me of Buffy. Yes. When Spike's like, every night I save you. I'm faster, I'm smarter, but... Yeah, no, but I think that's, like, very real. It's a very real sentiment. Um, I don't know how I feel about the implication that Craig is a protector. Yeah. But I, I understand, I, 
it it had me until that moment, really. The fact that Craig is just like, I don't really know what to say. I'm going to try and say this. Uh. It's well, I mean, it's just I want, I want Manny to, like, I want Manny just being like, I can protect myself now. Yes. Like, like I think that's the thing. It's like the sentiment of like. I want to protect you, like, you know, I understand you want to protect me, but really I just need a friend right now, or I just need somebody around in my corner. Well, it's just, part of me, it's just, like, I want Manny, like, Manny to become the sum of her experiences. Yes. And just be like, look, yes. I'm, I want her to become Paige from season one. Yes. Where she, like, she sees shit happening, and she's just like, you need to, honey, this is what's going on, this is, like, what you should do. Just throwing out there, Manny out. <laughs> it would be nice to see her be more empowered, but but yeah, like it's, it's uh, let's just keep going. Yeah. Um. So we go to group, and Craig reveals uh the audition and how happy he is, and he specifically thanks Ellie, and Ellie is like really fucking psyched. Yeah. And it's really sweet. And it, it, it's, like, a win for Craig in many ways, but also it's a win for Ellie and her perception of herself. Yeah. Um, then we go to Craig's, and Joey is walking around, and Craig is criticizing what he's wearing because Diane is coming over. And this scene was actually incredibly sweet in the sense that Craig is kind of doting on Joey and is like, oh, you got to dress better than that. And, like, kind of, like, puts him into a blazer. We all start, we both started screaming because, wow, Craig is so much taller than Joey. <laughs> yep. It's really cute. But, um, and Joey just starts giving it right back to him. And she's like, Ellie's really cute. What's happening there? Right. And then also Joey is concerned because Diane is 23 and he's 34. Yeah. Which we, Donnie and I had off camera a conversation about our ages and what's, considerable like what ages we would date and 23 is too young for both of us right and i'm turning 34 in nine days right like we are both not quite as old as joey but we were both like Ooh, i'm about to be as old as joey yeah well let's give you nine days yeah and we were both like Ugh. nine days to reverse it right <laughs> but we were both like Ugh. honestly i don't think diane needed to be 23 she gave no. me the vibe of like 25 26 yeah. she she seemed not like I feel like twenty three. When I think of twenty three, like you just came out of college. Yeah, she seemed a bit more like she got out of a long term relationship. Like she she's trying to like you know be on her own, but she doesn't seem to be struggling necessarily financially or anything, or like struggling like in the sense of like how do I live by myself? Like I got the vibe that she's more twenty five, twenty six. I would have probably put her there. Still a pretty significant age gap, right? Like that's almost ten years. That's yeah. still pretty big. And that's still milestone-wise a little different, but less, I just got out of college. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, they're, they're talking about their pot- uh, potential love interests. Um, they end up in the garage, and, the, and uh, Diane's sitting with Joey, um, and the set starts a bit shaky, but Craig gets it together, and they all, they put on a really solid performance. And as they're performing, Joey puts his arm behind Diane. Um, and Diane is super into it. And then Diane and Joey go to the kitchen to refill their wine glasses. And as they're talking, Diane worries that the band is too cool for her sister. Um, which is a funny sentiment. And... Diane reflects on her ex and how she's so glad that she got rid of him and how she likes, like, she's genuinely happy being away from him. 
Um, yeah. Which is which is nice to see, I think. I think that, you know, in media, it's easy to get caught up in, uh, like, especially in Degrassi, because it's so relationship-based, it's so easy to be like, see the devastation of a breakup. Yeah. And it's nice to see a character be like, yeah, you know, I got out of a fairly long-term relationship, and you know what? I'm fucking happy. Yeah. It's nice. It, you... You don't get this sense of doom that you do with some of Joey's other love interests. No. I mean, it's not like Caitlyn coming in and you being like, oh, no. She just kind of seems like she's just living her life and enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, and, like, Joey's just also surprised and she's just like, I get what I want. Right. Like, she's like. I don't have a date for the wedding, and that's so sad as a bridesmaid. I cannot. And I was like, get out of you, Joey. You did the thing I did not know to do. Oh, yeah, and he's like, oh, I know a guy. And they, like, flirt, and it's, like, kind of sweet. I'm, like, really shocked by how much I like Joey in this. It's odd. Yeah. It's really weird. But um, I, I do think that in the moment, I wasn't thinking about how she was 23, and in my head, I was kind of on the she's 25, 26 train. Yeah. So I was less like, and, like, but then like uh, she closes the door and Joey just like gets super pumped. Yeah, it was really sweet in that sense. Um, we end up at the docks, or unless you have something else to add. Well, no, I was just think, like, yeah, part of me, like, I there's the whole age difference thing, and I agree with that. But I'm just also like, after all the stuff that like Craig and Joey have been through like last season, I'm just kind of happy that Joey's happy. Yeah, because I mean, just feel like like they finally just get a fucking break. Right, and it's like thirty four is not super duper old. Yeah, it's it's and with Joey, he's a single dad. He is at a different spot, but it's like I feel like I don't think we're supposed to see the age gap as sinister as it could be. I think it's just like, look, Joey's significantly older than her. Well, I mean, it's just like if he was just like being more of a creep about it but like he's coming at it so cautiously diane's mm-hmm. the one who's just like yo let's make this fucking thing happen right right i agree and it's not like you know he's he's not he's not, he's never said anything like out of turn to like uh i always i always enjoy when i'm like this man has done the bare minimum and not said creepy things right right anyway. but he is trying to be cautious and i think that is important yeah so He's we, acting like an adult. Right. So we go to the dot, and Ellie and Marco are shit. Okay, sorry. Because um, I, I mentioned this when we were watching us. Like, Spinner's on in the background on the phone. Yes. And the, the, the transcript actually says what he says. He's saying, Darcy, what are you doing on Sunday? Yeah, I know you have charge. What about after? <laughs> so so we have that connection. We know that Darcy and Spinner are still speaking. Which, and I just love the casual way like they just lace that in. Yeah, no, I really love those types of details. I think that some of the best Degrassi episodes are when they do that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so Craig thanks Ellie for the band, the friendship and everything, and Manny enters, and Craig and... Uh, oh, wait, Margo, wait. Margo and Jimmy. Margo and Jimmy fuck off. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, we're out. <laughs> like, see ya, farewell, have fun. Um, and then Ellie and Craig have some alone time. Craig is, like, saying thank you. And then Manny enters and Craig invites her over. Um, and Ellie is super tense, but she tries to roll with it. And here is where it's it's a lot of things being unsaid between the three of them, right? Yeah. There is fondness of different sorts. There is potential romantic intentions, but nobody's being very upfront. Like, nobody's just straight up saying something. Yeah, like teens. Right, like teens. I actually like this piece of it, because I feel like it is very real. (laughs) And I think we have all been in... We have been in Manny's role, we have been in Ellie's role, we have been in Craig's role. 
Yeah. Probably more than other positions. <coughs> like, you know, some, some positions more than others, but I can say that I have been all three. Yeah. Um, so, so Marco and Craig are at the mall. Yes. Uh, Marco's like, so Craig's. I, I just really like that nickname. Yeah. I think you want to share your best friend in the whole world. And Craig's like, I thought Ellie was your best friend. Um, and Marco is just like he's fucking campaigning for the Ellie Craig. <laughs> like Marco has written Ellie Craig fan fiction. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'm on it. I'm on this train. We're not getting off, baby. It's yeah. very endearing in a weird way. It's very you want to know what? It's very teen. Yeah. Even if it's not like the most appropriate, it is incredibly teenager, and that's why I like it. Yeah. Um, Craig's like, it wasn't a date, monster date. It was friends hanging out. Matter of fact, my other friend Manny joined us, and Marco's just like, oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like oh motherfucker. <laughs> if he had crossed himself, it would have been in place. Oh my god, I just want to go home and on Nina. Um. And they bump into Joey, who is buying some condoms. Oh, boy, yeah. Oh, my God. My notes just went total chaos. They all just went into caps lock. I said, Craig and Marco walk in on Joey buying prophylactics. Marco and Craig voice. <laughs> Joey voice. No glove, no love. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, man, Joey, Craig could have used that fucking conversation a while ago. Right. It was, it was kind of funny. It was, it was mortifying. It is something I've thankfully never had to experience, but absolutely terrifying and mortifying and funny. Yeah. Um. Um. Oh my God! It's just. Yeah. It just keeps going. Is, is it? I'm kind of wondering if this is JT's pharmacy. Oh, it 100 is. Yeah, and then like they're just like, okay, well, we'll just go. We go, like, get these rung up, and they just get to the register, and JT's just saying, there's, like, how am I help you? <laughs> and Joey's just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to buy some fucking condoms. He's like, god damn it. I just want to be responsible. Um, and then Caitlin shows up. He's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. And Kevin Smith shows up. He's like, why are you here? <laughs> why were you here in the first place? Your episode sucked. <laughs> Episodes. It was multiple. Um. So we have we cut the um, we cut to Marco and Craig. Uh, um. Excuse me. We cut to Marco and Craig loading their van. Um. And then Jimmy cat whistles as Ellie comes walking towards them. She looks hot topic fabulous. Yes. Absolutely um, beautiful. And then um, Craig d- drops a case on Marco's foot. And then um, Marco sees Manny coming over. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's just like, oh, what's up, Manny? My notes say, why must we pit two queens together? Why can't they against just Against each date? other, excuse me. Like. <sighs> I agree. Why, why can't they just date? What, what is stopping us from having that happen? Oh, time to write more fan fiction. Right. Um, Ellie makes fun of Manny's dress, saying, yeah, very practical roadie costume. Um, they're setting up again, and Craig's saying, why? Why must they be so hot? Right, right. Um, and Marco is like, what happened to you being a monk? And he's just like, ah! <laughs> 
Um, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and Jimmy's just hanging out on stage. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy is just living for this because it's drama and he's not a part of it. Yeah. And he is just sucking it up and having a great time. He's just like, <laughs> idiots, I'm dating Hazel. Right, like, <laughs> I have the best fucking girlfriend ever, so good luck. Um, like, madly texting Hazel, like, Hazel's just like, you gotta give me these deeds. Yeah, Jimmy's like, hold on, hold, I got you, I got you. He's just, like, telling her every single detail. Hazel's just like, oh my god, she's like, she's like with Paige, she's like, oh my god. Paige, Alex, and Hazel are just, like, drinking red wine and reading text, these texts. Perfect. Um, uh, and Ellie's just like, hey, if you're here to do things, you should do things. Um, and then they, like, fight over it, because Minnie's like, I don't know, I've done everything I had to do. And Ellie just, like, gets really pissed off, and in the background, Jimmy's just, like, bobbing his head. And, like, I legitimately started, like, laughing so hard over it. Yeah. Um. Um, but yeah, uh, then we go to the actual wedding reception. Joey meets Diane's friends, and they suck. I don't know. Their names are me and Catherine. They're terrible. Yeah, because it's, like, the thing is, is, like, it's, it's... It's hard. Like, Joey does not do some things I would expect Joey to maybe do. Mm-hmm. He, he's pretty, like, chill. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey. Like, you know. Like, he says hi. He introduces himself. Yeah, he establishes that he, like, he owns, like, a used car dealership. And he makes, like, kind of a joke about that. But it's, like, innocuous. And and they just kind of go, like, oh, it's so fucking weird that you do that. Like, oh, those commercials are so fucking garbage. And it's just, like... Excuse you, he, like, owns a business, like, I don't know, this ex sounded like a fucking, you know, asshole. Honestly, this is not the worst situation. Like, if, if, like, I've encountered people I don't know at weddings, like, and there's a lot of them I get a weird feeling from where I'm just like, ha, nice to meet you, okay, I'm going over here now. Like, if I encountered this Joey at a wedding, I'd be like, tell me more about that. Right. He's like, I give you the shirt off my back. I'm like, go man, you're the guy for that commercial. <laughs> right, like, they're just so mean in a way that is, like... There's no concern. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he he's, like, walking and within earshot they're like, I don't think you should, like, you know, he, you know, I don't, I get a bad vibe about him. Like, no, they're just kind of teasing his career field and things like that. Which is always shitty. Yeah, it's always, yeah, just sad. Um, and Craig and company start playing. Um, Joey does, like, a little silly dance with Diane. And the thing is, about it is like Diane's all for it. Yo, fucking transcript writer, can we just knock it off? Uh, what now? Okay, well, okay, yeah. Joey's doing his bad dad dancing at a wedding, like shtick and whatnot, and it's honestly char- like it's always charming to me. Yeah. And like, but people are giving him shit for. It. And you know what I was reminded of? What? Do you remember a few years ago where that um, overweight man was like? Oh yeah. And like. There was that post on 4chan about those yes. guys making fun of him. Yes. And then, like, that woman was just like, fuck that. Right. <laughs> and they threw a party for him. We're fucking Pharrell DJ'd. Yes, I do remember that. And you know what really galls me about that is just, like, you know who came to his aid? A woman. You know who didn't come to his aid? Men's rights activists. Right. I mean, we know why. Yeah. We know why. But, um, but yeah, it's just, like, very malicious. It's, 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 it's very just, like, mean. Because, like, Diane totally is fine with it. Like, she, she tells him to kind of, like, slow down a little bit, but that's really it. Like, she's still dancing with him, and she's laughing, she's having a good time. Like, 
they kiss, like, they're clearly into each other, and, like, this is kind of the energy that she wants. And it makes sense. It sounds like she was dating a piss baby. I mean, Joey's kind of a piss baby, but on paper is, you know, um, you know, a parent, you know, a business owner, um, older, has definitely, like, you know, more experience and more, has gone through more stuff, and there are benefits to that, and yeah, yeah, you might have to deal with some dad jokes, but maybe that's what you fucking want. Yeah. Like, it seems like she's pretty, like, yeah, like, this is what I want. Sorry, now I'm just reminded of Terminator Dark Fate, where the Terminator start, like, is in a relationship with a woman, and they're like, why are you dating her? Have they, she not noticed you don't sleep and you're 400 pounds? He's like, our relationship is not physical. I'm reliable. Oh, oh, I'm caring, and I am very funny. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> so. But, like, yeah, like, it's, it, they actually have some pretty decent chemistry together. And, um, and Craig's being a good front man, he, like, introduces Jimmy while Jimmy plays his guitar solo. Yeah, it's cute. I love when bands do that. Um, man, okay, so this is the thing that pissed me off about the transcript. Manny starts dancing on the stage, and another parenthesis, maybe she can become an exotic dancer when she's older. Oh so my she, god, what the she, fuck is wrong with these transcripts? Ari has experience taking off her top, and what Ellie rolls her eyes. fuck? Yo, know, fuck you, transcript writer. Like... What? Why do you hate women, transcript writer? Riddle me that. Yeah. So anyway, um, I can't find a name to call this person out on transcripts.foreverdreaming.org. But this person clearly hates Manny and they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, they really hate Manny and it really pisses me off. Um, so Craig brings Manny on stage. Ellie is kind of seething. Joey, uh, does a little smoochy smooch with Diane and then walks off. Um, and as Joey is going to get drinks for himself and Diane, he overhears, uh, Diane's friends mocking his dance moves. Um, and he's, like, clearly really upset about this, and he approaches Diane, he's just like, I gotta go. Like, sorry, gotta go. Um, and then, on stage, oh, she was something to add. Well, no, I was just gonna say, like, I feel like a season or two before... Joey would confront them and make a scene. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like he's just, like, the adult thing to do would just be to excuse myself because I'm not ruining... Because the person getting married is Diane's sister. Right. And, like, he's not going to ruin Diane's night or his her sister's night. Yeah. No, I agree. It, he doesn't explode. I mean, he's definitely hurt. And I think we've seen him be hurt relating to his age before. Yeah. Because of the whole entire thing with the band and the zits and all that type of stuff. And in this, it's it's just, I mean, it is very malicious. Like, that's the thing. Like, with Joey, when he fucks up, as we know, I, I will throw him in the fucking hole. Yeah. But in this instance, I can't do that. Because I feel like he's been spirited and he's been fun. And he's having a good time with Diane. And Diane has been giving all the green lights in the process. Like, he's not crossing any lines. He's not being a fucking creep. He's just having a good time with her. And to see her friends be this malicious about it. And once again, that's the thing. It's, it's not being concerned for your friend. It's just being an asshole. Yeah. Like, they say some really fucked up shit. Like, they're making fun of his dancing. Like, I would be like, oh, man, you're dating a dude that doesn't seem like a monster? Cool. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay, we could have this be a discussion point about his age, and we can have this be a discussion point of, like, that type of stuff, but that's not what they're talking about at all. Yeah. Also, men do better. Like, don't let that be the the lowest bar of like you're not a monster. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. Cut back to Craig's night. <laughs> right. So Ellie is getting pissed off because Manny is in the front and just kind of playing with her tambourine. 
Um, and Ellie throws a drumstick at Manny. And the set just utterly falls apart because of it. Um, and Craig calls a break. And Craig then seeks advice from Marco. And Marco's just like... Sucks to be you. Yep. He's like, man, I'm glad I'm not you. And that's it. And I love that. I love that Marco's like, I'm not getting you out of this because it's not my fucking job. It's not my job to pull you out of this. You have to do that yourself. (laughs) Marco... Jimmy should be like, Marco, uh, drinks? Whatever. Fucking get out of here. Yeah, like, "Mm, um, let's just go. Will we get out? Where will we go? I don't know, but let's go. (laughs) Like, he turns back to Marco and Jimmy, and, like, they're gone, and he just looks at back over the audience, and they're, like, at the buffet, like, hey! (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's just like, how did they move that fast? (laughs) It also feels very much like, um... I don't know, like, I feel like it's one of those things where it's just, like, it's such, like, a friend, like, a teenage friend thing to do, where it's just, like, there comes a point where you're just watching your friend spiral, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Bye, I'm gonna sleep at night, and you're not. (laughs) Like, I think we've all had a moment where we had a friend that we love deeply just get themselves into something, and you're like, it's not my job. It's not my job. You're, You're paging it, where you're just like, this is... Like, past my pay grade, I am right? out. I am gone. And it's nice to see Marco feel that way. Um, but yeah, so it's just like, sucks to be you. Um, Ellie and Craig talk in near the kitchen, and Ellie points out that, like, you know, I don't dress up, like, I, I don't do this type of stuff, but I'm doing it for the show, doing it for you, and it doesn't fucking matter. Um, and they're both, like, re- pretty upset after this conversation, um, because... And I think the thing is, and the reason why I don't, I, like, you know, I'm not coming down as hard on Craig is that Craig clearly cares about Ellie. Mm-hmm. He just does not know how to be equitable, basically, when it comes to her. And I think that's a really complicated thing also, because one, I think he genuinely likes her, but two, he and her are in a group therapy group together. They're in a group and a band. And a band. There's a lot of points of contact with them and a lot of very personal points of contact with them. That's not an easy thing to navigate at any age. And I don't think he quite knows what to do. And in many ways, the people that he may talk to to figure out, like, she's there. Like, it's not something, a question he can just kind of propose to group because she's in group. So he's kind of nerfed his resources in the process, which so, feels very Craig. So um, I want to talk to you, everybody. I've been having some problems with somebody. Uh, I think of a name. Think of a name. Named uh, Kelly, <laughs> who um, I am very good friends with, and she also plays um, Hammond organ in my band. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, he clearly cares about her. He's just a boneheaded boy. And that's why I can't... I can't hate him. Because I'm still so deeply endeared in, like, a weird way. He did, like... I've also been this idiot. Yeah. I've been this idiot within recent memory. Yeah. I have done this to people where I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. My... There were, like, two gay people in my grade. One, me and my friend. And my friend, one day, took me to a fucking diner, paid, took me to the movies, paid. I was like, 
man, I loved spending this evening with you. It was so great. Went home. Three days later, she was like, you're so fucking dense. You had no idea I took you out on a date. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm, I'm, I will give you, I'm, I'm going to. Are you going to defend my, my 17 year old self? Yes, because I, okay, so. The, this is the most teen situation. When I was, ever. When, when I was in college, there was a girl I was attracted to and like, I heard from multiple people like, yo, she's into you. Mm. I'm like, okay. And like, we just ended up on the bus together one day. And, like, we're just driving back, we're riding back to her dorm, and I'm just like, I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna fucking do it. And I just was like, hey, do you want to get dinner Friday night? Oh, my God. And, like, she's like, yeah. And, like, we had, we were in the same um, fraternity together. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she came up to me and said, like, so just so we're on, like, clear, this is a date, right? I'm like, yeah, it's a date, it's a date. date. Yeah. Yeah. Like... You can't just take somebody out on a date without them knowing it's a date. I feel like it happens all the time, though. And, well, like, it probably happens all the time, but you can't get your... It is... You are not allowed to get angry if you take somebody out on a date that they don't know. To be fair, we were 17. (laughs) We were 17 and gay. And we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, no. I'll I'll, I'll say, like, your friend... Like, your friend... I'm not saying your friend's completely, like... You know, should have known better, but I'm just saying, like, now, in retrospect, like, that person should have known. Right, to, right. To, like, fucking man up and be like, do you want to go on a date with me? Right. Yeah, no, I've... It's gonna be person up. Yes, but, like, it's... Yeah, it's, like, a real... It's a real issue. And it's kind of funny seeing, um, these kids in this issue, because I find it deeply relatable. Okay, and I'll throw one out there. Yeah. I was... We... I went hiking with a pair of friends, and, like... We were discussing, like, oh, the woes of not, of being single and whatnot. And I said, like, oh, if we weren't friends, I would, like, date you gals. Or, like, you know, date out of you. I go to bed that night. I wake up. And there's a text message from one of my friends saying, were you serious about that? And I'm just like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. So. Oh, no. What did you do? You can't just say that. I, I would, like, I didn't, I thought I was in the friend zone. I spent, like, the majority of my life not thinking of myself as attractive or desirable by anyone. So okay. I just, I think it's okay to say things like this. I've learned. I've learned since then. But, like, I didn't, like, at the time and now I'm just like, I don't think people have crushes on me. Like. I feel that, though. Like, you know, like. I mean, I've, I've been working out, and I'm starting to like, you know, the way I look more. Mm-hmm. But, like, I look at myself in the mirror, I'm not like, yeah, I'd fuck me. That's fair. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I, I see all my imperfections, and I figure everybody else sees them and, like, acknowledges them as like, yeah, I'm not gonna date Frank. No, that's fair. You know? So, like, that's that's why half the time if somebody's just like, I have a giant crush on you, like, whoo, right over my head. Yeah, no, that's fair. I I do not want to talk about my current dating exploits on this podcast, but let me... So let's me, not and just finish the episode. Let me just tell you, people have eyes and I don't realize it. People are looking at you and... Frank's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Anyway, people probably like you and you will not quite know. Yeah, but, that, but I mean, that's the thing. And that's a really hard thing to understand. I mean, well, for me, this is the thing. Like, I'm 
because I'm like that, like, because I'm like this, it's difficult for me to make the first move. Right. But nobody else wants to make the first move either. Right. And especially if you're in my circles, LGBTQ people, none of us want to make the first move. I mean, like, the the only time it really works out for Frank is when he's traveling abroad, because that's Frank doesn't give a shit about anything. That's fair. And he'll just buy women drinks and whatnot, and then, like... Well, not in a creepy way. I'm no, no, no. I figure. I figure you're chatting. You go, hey, I, I get it. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly don't bring it to them. I'm like, come to the bar with me and see the bartender make your drink. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, there's no collusion in this. Right. No, I, I, I understood your intention. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Okay. So it's the next morning and Craig and Joey are just like, man, huh? Man. Man, we fucked up real good. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think they fucked up. I, I don't really they, think they did. I think, I think, think they did the best they could in shitty situations. I think that Craig was a bit boneheaded, but I don't think, I, I can't. <laughs> they did the best with the brain cells they had. Yeah, like there were like three brain cells just exchanging that whole night between them. And, and I think that Craig could only do so much based on what he understood of himself in that moment. <laughs> I also would have really loved if, like, like Emma, it was the one babysitting Angie that night, right? And she's just getting like text updates from Manny. And just, what the hell is happening at this wedding? And then Craig comes home, and I was like, "So, have a good time, right?" Yeah, no, just like that kind of shit would be funny. But um, but anyway, um. So that happens, and the doorbell rings, and Diane is there, and she says, hey, you didn't grab a party favor. It's garbage looking, but <laughs> it's shit, but um, she was super cute about it, and she said that she liked the way that he danced, and he's like, yeah, but like, you know, I'm like a single dad, blah, 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 and she kisses him. Yeah, and she replies, and I'm a 23-year-old girl who's tired of dating boys, a girl who wants a cute, sweet, dependable guy who really makes her laugh. Guy who also makes a killer Florentine omelet. Can I come in? I want Joey to be like, do you honestly think I have the ingredients for a Florentine omelet? Oh, no, she's ready. I think those are all in her bag. Nice. I No, that's because she gestures toward her bag. I think it's implied that all the supplies, she brought all the supplies. I should have put the eggs in something. God, she's, but she's, she's so perfect. I love her. I'm in love with Diane. <laughs> I want to date Diane. Right? I'm like, hey, Diane. A little young for me, but... Yeah. Um, okay, but you know, you know what I want fucking more than anything in any show, literally any show, if for a woman to be like, I don't date boys, and then being like, I date girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's always the like. I, there's like a fucking um, a video on Tumblr of this girl watching a video, and like this character says, I don't date boys, and, like, she pauses it, and looks at the camera, like, yeah! And, like, she unpauses it, she's like, and the girl, the person on the screen goes, I date men. And she looks at her angry and slams the laptop shut. I feel that, though. Because, <laughs> like, I just feel like, like, it, it, everybody says, like, I date men, and I'm like, just fucking say I date girls, like. It's such, like, well, because it's such, like, an arbitrary statement, yeah. and I understand that it's supposed to be, like, for a dramatic effect, but ultimately it's like, what the fuck are you actually saying? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it is kind of sweet how that concludes. Um, and then we end up at the front of Emma's house where Manny is sitting there in her PJs. And Craig approaches her. And Craig explains that he wants to make her smile. Um, and they kiss. 
I, I really wish it didn't end this way. I, I, I just wish they had just sat there and just chat- chatted. Yeah, because I think that's what they need. Yeah. They have been through a lot, both together and both outside of each other. And I think what they need is just friendship. Yeah. And like, or even, and even if it went back to being romantic, even if it's, you, you make a case for it, they have grown and, and now, you know, they're in different places and maybe they can make it work. It would have been nice if it didn't cap it off with a kiss in this moment. Yeah. Cause like that, like. <sighs> it's kind of smarmy when you have it end with a kiss. Yeah. Cause it, then, then it like, when he says I had ulterior motives and I, like everything has sucked for you since the video came out, and he could have also just said for the last like two years. Right, right. Like, like he's like, yeah, since the video came out, I'm like, um, try like most of this series. Like if he had just said like I wanted to make you smile again, because you know what, and what she's like, what are friends for? Because like then it just seems like he's doing this just so they like he's saying this just so they can kiss, and like he can get back in her good graces and like you know. Like, back into a relationship with her. Right. Like, I would have just loved it so more if, like, his thing was just like, no, I want to be friends. I want to be friends with you and Ellie. And, like, we, I want to work this out between the three of us. Because, like, it would be really great if, if, like, Manny had somebody on her side like Ellie. Right. And Marco. Yeah, yeah. And the it, entire... Mar- Ma- Manny for Euchre Club. Manny would be a really good thing. That's the thing. It's like, I don't really like that Ellie is being pitched. Like, I don't... I also don't like it because I hate that Ellie has to be like the, I'm not like the other girls type, where it just doesn't quite fit for her. I feel like Ashley could have been that role, and I would have been like, okay. But I don't like seeing Ellie going against girls. It makes me really sad. It's just like, why does Ellie have, like, why does Ellie also have to have a crush on Craig? Like, I get it, he's, yeah. he's, he's handsome and whatnot, but why can't they just be, like, they be friends? Yeah. It's just, it's it's a bummer. The last piece of this, uh, you know, is a bummer. But I will say, for an episode that, as a kid, I dreaded watching because I saw it so many times, I enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna give this a solid A-. I, I think it's a pretty solid episode. I actually, man, that even feels a little low. I'm going to give it a solid A+. Plus. Wow. Like, this, like this episode, like, it had all, it had all the things that I, I want from a Degrassi episode, except for, like, Ellie and Manny fighting each other. Mm-hmm. It had, like, men actually being decent. It had callbacks to the other episodes. Like, it it had humor. It was fun. Yeah. It was just, like, it was a good time. Yeah, like, honestly, it was a good time. Like, I genuinely enjoyed myself this week, last week, too. It's, it's interesting because I think it goes back to the issue we had last season where the stakes were so fucking high and they didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Here, the stakes are relatively low. Yes, in the case of JT and Liberty from last episode... You have you're dealing with a pregnancy, and that's serious. But it's it's still within a smaller scope. It's still interpersonal. It's still like you know, uh, in this case, the issues that a couple has to process. In this case, it's Craig and Ellie and Manny, and it's like the scope of all these things is more what Degrassi should be focusing on because I think this is where Degrassi's strength is. I think that when they went as large scale as a school shooting, they set up a lot of stuff and they didn't quite know how to clear it. But this feels like what Degrassi should always be focused on, which is these interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Character rankings? Um, you know what? Craig and Joy, they're on the ups. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I just feel like they were, they were trying their hardest. It's true. Um, Diane, I want you to mentor Paige. 
I want mm. I want Diane to mentor every woman, every girl on this show. I agree. Just being like getting what you want, taking no shit. <laughs> I love her. Um, you know, I I hope Diane and Joey are endgame. Like, um, Craig. Uh, I said Craig. Ellie. Yeah. I had to deduct some points for you going after Manny and like Manny also like. Don't fight over boys. Please don't. Just date girls. Just date each other. Jimmy, Jimmy and Marco are on the ups because they were just like wonderful side characters in this episode. They were delightful. Um, um, <laughs> Liberty for throwing that sick burn at uh, JT. You're on the up. JT for trying to be a good. Um, I don't like the term baby daddy. Um, Trying to be a good parent. Parent, yes. Um, trying to be a good parent. You, you're on the ups. Is that it? Yeah. It's oh, a pretty- me and Catherine, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them. Um, I hope you two never find love. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> They're young. Hopefully they'll realize the error of their ways. Um... <laughs> See, at that age, they're just like, they probably were like, why did she, why'd she break up with, like, her last boyfriend? He was super beefy. And then, like, a few years down the line, they're like, oh, yeah, guys like that, unless they have a personality, they're not fun. Right. Exactly. So now let's move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are related or tangentially related, blah, 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 blah. Um, I have been consuming two things this week. One is the Boston season of Top Chef, which I find to be absolutely delightful. Um, I think Top Chef can be kind of hit or miss. I think a lot of the earlier episodes, there's a lot of mean-spiritedness that I really do not like. But I find the Boston episode, Boston episodes, um, I believe it's season 10 or 11. Um, I forget the exact number. But it is a very charming season. There's a lot of camaraderie in it. There's still competition. There's still, like, people wanting to beat each other. But there is a sweetness to it. There's some really endearing contestants. And a lot of the endearing contestants last a while. So I'm really enjoying that. I also am finally listening to Orville Peck's Pony, which I am absolutely obsessed with. So if you want to listen to that, this is my, this is, and you've been hearing about it, this is your other reminder to maybe check that out. Um, I'm really enjoying his music and his aesthetic, so I have been having a good time with that. Um, uh, yeah, seeing how this is a very musical episode, I'm going to recommend a band my buddy Danny turned me on to. Um, I don't know if you call them a band. A duo named Epic Beardmen. Um, they have this amazing song called Shin Splints, um, about trying to get to the airport on time. Actually, you know what? Oh, fuck it. I like so we're going on Vindicated. Okay, stay tuned after Vindicated for a bit of shin splints. Um, it's a, just a super fun rap song, and like they're just genius lyricists, and the beats are amazing. So I highly recommend it. Um, I'm just going to quickly look up what the epi- what the album's title is. I'm just going to fill for time. Um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, I believe it's called... Oh, this was supposed to be... This was supposed to be fun. Um, but yeah, it's a very good album. I highly recommend it. Nice. That being said, Frank, you've made it through. Let's go to the Chocolate Factory! Yeah! Before we go to the Chocolate Factory, real quick, if you have any questions, comments, or you would like to appear on an episode, feel free to email us at ihopod at gmail.com. 
Um, we also have two areas of social media where we have our Twitter account at iHopePod as well as our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. I may not always post, but I do always respond. So if you have anything, do not hesitate to message me. Um, I'm trying to get back to the routine of posting episodes and things like that. Um, if you would like to support the show, there are two ways you could do it. You can donate to our coffee account. Any money that we make goes toward guests as well as tech upgrades. Or you can also support us through giving us ratings and reviews. We have different milestones that we are encouraging people to uh, contribute to so that once we hit certain amount of ratings and reviews, we're going to start giving you more content, whether it is um, bonus episodes, whether it's fanfic attempts or things like that. So please don't hesitate to send them our way. If you want to talk to me individually, you can find me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. I spend a lot of time talking about Fire Emblem. I actually do spend some time talking about Degrassi as well. Um, and I also uh, would like to plug, if you are interested, uh, my friends and I are starting a Fire Emblem zine dedicated to Dimidu, um, which is called Cherished. It's a charity zine. We're trying to raise money for NAMI, so we're trying to give back to uh, mental illness resources, which is a topic I'm very passionate about, and if you are into Fire Emblem, you probably care about as well. Um, so we're doing an interest check if you're interested in contributing to it, or if you're interested in potentially buying it. Um, I have all the information on my Twitter account, so feel free to check that out, fill it out, and uh, thank you very much for potentially helping us out on the project. Um, I have a Twitter that I occasionally post to. Uh, it's called Dance Dance Fall. I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk that I do with my sister. Um, this week we're doing uh, the movie Panic Room starring Jodie Foster and Kirsten Stewart. Uh, this movie fucking rules. I'm not sure how my sister feels about it because we haven't recorded that episode yet. But <laughs> yeah. Um, that's about it for me. Awesome. So... Hmm... We made it. Let's go to the chocolate factory. We Woo. hope we can keep making it through that you're going to be there with us. See you next week after we have some chocolate.